when an FCA makes a bet as big as they did in the city of Detroit, uh, that 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 naturally changes the conversations um, with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of those suppliers. Um, That's Mark Burton, the president and CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, talking about Fiat Chrysler Automobiles' new Jeep plant on Detroit's east side that's set to begin producing Grand Cherokee SUVs in the first quarter of next year. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Crane's Detroit Business, and you're listening to the Detroit Rising Podcast. Mark Burton joins me this week to discuss the outlook on industrial and neighborhood level redevelopment in Detroit, as well as what's in the state budget for the MBDC, which oversees economic development and the Pure Michigan Tourism Attraction Campaign that's been restored. Burton became CEO of the MBDC in early March, just a week before the coronavirus pandemic swept into Michigan, triggering widespread economic disruption. He was previously Whitmer's chief of staff and is a longtime political advisor to the governor. Mark Burden, CEO of MADC, thanks for joining me here on the Detroit Rising podcast. It's uh, my pleasure, Chad. So uh, we've seen some ups and downs in the changes of the MEDC's budget uh, in the past year. Um, some of it started with uh, the, uh, the big veto showdown a year ago um, and and then the restoration of some programs, particularly uh, um, uh, the Pure Michigan campaign that, that uh, got uh, cut in some of those moves. Uh, tell us a little bit about where the overall MADC budget kind of came out uh, in this latest uh, budget that started October 1st. Uh, sure, Chad. Um, you know, it, in, important uh, context there, obviously, with what uh, occurred, you know, just over a year ago with the fiscal year 20 budget. Um, I think how the fiscal year 21 budget, uh, which was just obviously signed, uh, uh, we at the MEDC um, and the strategic fund are, are very pleased uh, with the budget that um, <clears throat> that we did get, uh, and and that's for a couple of uh, important reasons. You know, you mentioned Pure Michigan for one. Uh, Pure Michigan's been dark for you know nearly a, a year now, and it really is so much more than just a travel campaign. Uh, while the tourism and hospitality industries. Uh, are, are critical uh, sectors for our state's economy. Um, at the same time, that brand, uh, which uh, has been built now for, I believe, 14 years, um, really provides uh, a wonderful umbrella uh, for us when we uh, talk to businesses, whether it's about staying and growing uh, here in Michigan or, or certainly even on the attraction front. You know, Pure Michigan is a... Uh, is, is a brand, people understand it. Um, and having that back in this budget uh, was a critical victory. Um, and, you know, a couple of the other major line items for us, one is our business attraction and community revitalization work um, is all in, in one particular line item in the budget. Uh, but being able to continue uh, the, the momentum on the business uh, and economic side uh, as well as continuing efforts on the community revitalization side um, <clears throat> are only more important now uh, with the pandemic. Uh, on the community side, obviously, with the, um, with the, with the budget challenges that, that not just the, the state has, but local governments probably more pointedly, um, and, and then continuing that momentum on the business side. So, so overall, very uh, pleased with the budget. 
and and pleased in the way that uh, at least the conversations we had um, with both leadership in the legislature as well as Governor Whitmer uh, and her team, um, we we really feel that we we developed some trust over the course of the spring and summer with our relief efforts, uh, and um, and and we believe that this budget validates that. The Pure Michigan campaign at I think the height was about $36 million was funded. This budget is what about 15 million? Uh, 15 million, right. Okay. So what can you do with 15 million um, and still have a meaningful impact uh, compared to what you were doing in the, you know, the summer of 2019 or 2018? Sure. So, you know, the, um, <clears throat> the circumstances obviously are wildly different. Uh, given given the pandemic and, and travel habits, uh, you know, I think we watched particularly in in the mid to late summer uh, that people were very comfortable traveling in state, um, but but there are still uh, you know barriers when it comes to out of state uh, or certainly out of country uh, travelers. Um, so so the so so that sort of um, recognition and acknowledgement of the circumstances. Uh, are, are, are going to obviously help shape what a $15 million campaign is going to look like. Um, be, because, you know, there, there's no question it's, it's, it's a different, um, set of circumstances than, you know, summer of 2019, for instance, uh, and people's habits and behaviors. So, so it's, so the, so the campaign itself is just going to be different naturally, um, based on that. So, so the 15 million, um, is, is a, is a great place to start. Uh, you know, we, hope to get into the market for one sort of last push for fall travel, uh, but then certainly uh, going into uh, winter uh, and beyond be, be up and running with a, um, with a smart and strategic uh, campaign to keep uh, driving uh, the Pure Michigan uh, message and brand. So you hope to have a some 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 type of uh, tourism campaign advertising uh, out in the market? Just in the next month? Uh, yeah, soon. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the, the budget there, there wasn't a lot of notice right before, um, right? <clears throat> you know, like like it would have been had pandemic not been here in a June in a June budget passed, for instance. Um, so so we are working sure. as quickly as we can, but 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 with the fiscal year just starting, um, we have uh, the strategic fund uh, at the end of this month is going to consider the allocations uh, for those state funds. Uh, you know, in alignment with the budget, uh, and, and then at that point, we we will be um, in a very good place. But 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 we're doing a lot of the prep work now, working hard on that, um, and we've been thinking a lot about this over, um, and and the changing dynamics over the course of the pandemic as well. So so we have um, sort of kept at that work, uh, understanding that whether it was um, any sort of uh, potential uh, for. Uh, you know, a CARES Act expenditure, uh, for instance, it didn't happen, but but we had we had been thinking about that um, as a possibility. So so our so our work's happening. Um, it's uh, it's happening quickly, uh, but but yeah, it's it's happening so that we can, uh, like I said, hopefully get uh, a good push in uh, for the end of the fall season, moving into winter, obviously. With the community revitalization uh, funds that you have, um, this is obviously a big um, program that um, 
that developers in Detroit have relied on to get some subsidy to make the the numbers work uh, because of just you know financing is, is difficult for any kind of uh, you know mixed-use project along the various neighborhood corridors I'm thinking of the one at uh, Livernois and Seven Mile um, there's an old two-story building that I believe MADC had at least a million dollars into into uh, helping that um, yeah, 1.3 million actually was the performance grant for that um, what type of projects are you looking at um, particularly given the this current environment that um, you know retail is suffering on so many different fronts storefront retail uh, what kind of projects do you look at uh, in, in neighborhoods like Detroit, in Detroit where there's these you know targeted programs that, that uh, mayor Duggan and, and the foundations have kind of uh, emphasized sure so you know, when it comes to the community revitalization work, I mean, you're, you're, you're right on in sort of that description that we help fill the financing gap. Um, if a project can, you know, get, get up and moving and be done without our assistance, um, you know, that's wonderful. Uh, but, but for any number of reasons, sometimes that's not the case. Um, specifically, you know, with, with Detroit, I mean, I, I do think that uh, they have a very sound strategy uh, in terms of the the development, the de- development priorities. Uh, we continue to work closely um, with local communities, uh, you know, across the state, not just the Detroit, but but everybody, where, where we really want to be a partner with the communities, understand um, what their vision is, and help them come to a vision for their community if they don't have one. Uh, and and then and then in accordance with that plan and in those priorities that develop. Um, you know, that that's where we really do that good partnership work um, but by being able to, to, to be a part of that process so that when an opportunity arises uh, where there is a gap that that needs um, some additional support to to move a project forward. Um, so so we're a part of that conversation from the beginning and, and those things just make it, I, I think, easier uh, on on from our standpoint, but but also. Uh, a much better uh, process uh, and and execution on those plans uh, from the community side as well. That community revitalization fund was capped at about sixty million dollars in recent years. Where does it come out in this new budget? So you know, in in, in terms of our community <clears throat> programs beyond just community revitalization, we also um, have significant community development block grant funds that were a part of the CARES Act. Um, and, and those, uh, and those, we have a little longer time period to spend those than sometimes some of the other CARES Act allocations. Um, but, but, but that's actually been, been a wonderful complement uh, to the community revitalization funds that we did get in this budget. Um, so, 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 and, and I just wanted to state that because, you know, we're, we're trying to maximize every federal dollar we can, obviously, through the CARES Act process and 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 other uh, stimulus packages, um, but 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 our efforts are are, are actually uh, I think more expansive because of some of these CARES Act funds in CDBG um, in particular, uh, and, and again just more opportunities to work with communities um, and uh, and and to kind of work with them hand in hand as they continue to. Uh, move forward on the plans that they have on a local level. 
back in, in mid-July, the MEDC launched this um, $100 million uh, Michigan Small Business Restart Grant Program, along with uh, $15 million Michigan Agricultural Safety Grant Program, uh, all CARES Act funding, um, and applications were due in August. Um, have, have those awards been, been made? I haven't caught up on that lately. Um, so, uh, so, so a significant portion of them have been. Uh, and we, uh, on the, on the hundred million restart grants, uh, we have worked very closely with, with the 15, uh, local economic development organizations that we actually worked with on a March relief grant program that we, um, administered as well. But, but the restart grants, hundred million, we worked with the 15 local EDOs, uh, and, and, we're doing a couple of reports to the legislature on that. We we, we reported um, basically on on numbers through early September, uh, but overall, uh, more than eleven thousand uh, businesses have uh, received um, those funds. And uh, I think at that point, early September, it was a little over seventy three million had been um, dispersed already. Um, and we we're also tracking sort of the the, the jobs retained. Uh, and, and just for that 73 million, roughly, um, what turned out to be right around 73,000 jobs that were, um, that, that this assistance helped, uh, retain, uh, over the course of this, this crisis too. So, so the, the other funds, um, the remaining, you know, 26.7, um, will have been distributed obviously beyond early September and, and now. Uh, the, the goal was to get it all out the door by September 30th. Um, the reporting back to us from the EDOs is actually happening right now so that we will likely update that report to the legislature um, in the next seven to 10 days. Yeah, I know there's a pretty uh, significant uh, program. Uh, uh, the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation was uh, in charge of a pool of about $15 million for, for all of Wayne County. Um, turning to, back to Detroit, uh, you were involved in the uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles uh, deal to get them to build the new, or, or rather convert the two engine plants on the east side uh, into a new assembly plant that is uh, scheduled to open in the first quarter of next year. Um, and and construction is is nearing completion, uh, and it's brought a couple of suppliers, uh, or or caused a couple of suppliers to do some expansions in the city. Um, Dakota Integrated Systems is building a new a new um, parts plant uh, or at the old Kettering High School uh, site. Are, are you getting any other potential spinoffs or opportunities from that project, or just? seen any other additional new industrial um, uh, projects on the horizon in Detroit? Yeah, so the so the FCA story around this plant is just remarkable and, and one that obviously doesn't happen very often. It's the first auto assembly plant in Detroit in 30 years. First one in the entire country in 10 years. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so huge yeah. project, ma- massive lift. I know, I know, you know, you, you, uh, uh, Cranes has done um, some recent reporting on just sort of what a heavy lift uh, that has been to execute. And, and so it really is remarkable. And, you know, when, when FCA uh, was looking to place a bet, right, um, uh, they placed that bet in Detroit and in Michigan. Uh, and, and some of these projects that you mentioned are, are just sort of 
natural ripple effects of that. And, and we are very pleased with that. Um, you know, at the MEDC, we continue to work uh, locally with um, with the mayor, with DEGC and, and, and others uh, on the city specific, but also the region um, to be able to uh, make the pitch uh, to, to go and get more as well. So uh, are there other opportunities on the horizon? Uh, yes. Um, and, and certain of those are at, at different uh, stages uh, right now, but 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 yes, I mean when a when a when a FCA makes a bet as big as they did in the city of Detroit, uh, that 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 naturally changes the conversations um, with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of those suppliers. Um, so there are some wonderful projects that have happened. There are some on the horizon, uh, and and frankly, because of the health pandemic and, and issues uh, that. Um, that presented themselves with supply chains uh, through especially the spring. Um, you know, we, we are in a, a better position uh, to continue to make that argument when it comes to reshoring or onshoring um, uh, in the case of uh, preparation for what may eventually be another or a different pandemic in years to come. As you're uh, talking to uh, executives uh, for for businesses that are considering, you know, expansion or relocating to Michigan, uh, what's the one stumbling block, the one common stumbling block you hear over and over? So, you know, I I think for employers um, of of really any size. Uh, you know, t- talent continues to be an issue, and it's not just in Michigan; it's across the country. Um, but, but we we have, uh, I think, a governor um, who has been talking about <clears throat> that challenge and in, in ways to um, move that ball down the field uh, for a number of years now. And I think some of the uh, programs in the budget, even uh, although it's Leo's budget, not not MEDC in in particular, but the reconnect uh, program uh, going pro uh, being um, restored; Th- those are those are significant attributes uh, that we use in those conversations, and, and we do we do um, our own uh, sort of talent uh, work and talent incentives when it comes to uh, economic development. But 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 overall, uh, talent uh, remains an issue for, like I said, not just Michigan but everybody. Um, but but we have a uh, I think solid strategy we're, we're, we're building and beginning to execute uh, to help confront that at the same time. We got 10 years to get to that 60% uh, uh, higher education attainment rate among uh, among adults as the governor has set for that goal. A um, lot, lot to work on, on on that front for sure, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think, uh, um, <clears throat> but, but I think having programs like Reconnect and having Going Pro and and, uh, and really starting to focus on it, um, both as a matter of strategy as well as resources to execute that strategy. I, I think we're well positioned um, moving, uh, uh, moving forward in terms of uh, attaining uh, that goal that the governor set. And, and like you said, 60% by 2030. Mark Burden, CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Thank you for joining me on the Detroit Rising podcast. Thank you very much, Chad. Happy to do it.
You've been listening to my interview with Mark Burton, CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. That's a wrap for Detroit Rising this week. If you've got a feature idea for this podcast, please email me at clivengood at crane.com or direct message me on Twitter at Chad Livengood. And please do me a favor and give this podcast a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I value your feedback and thank you for listening. <laughs>